0: Welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. Boy, they're taking a risk this week. I don't have a topic that was assigned so I can talk about anything I want to. So that's always intimidating. What I thought I would get into a little bit today is some of the developments around energy and oil. Um, Not anything particularly imminent, but we've seen a lot of bouncing around in the last several months, weeks, years, and we're still seeing a lot of interesting developments. So a couple of things to make note of, just to kind of watch in the future. One of them is the development of kind of alternative suppliers of oil, natural gas, etc. This has been provoked by a lot of things, partly demand, but of course the Ukraine war has really put the focus on fossil fuel again. The latest interesting development is Gutter, which is one of the Gulf states, is ranking now as the second largest producer of natural gas, and they have just recently been able to pull together a pretty impressive consortium of oil companies that are going to go into business with them to produce and develop a new gas field. This is truly multinational, because they've got ExxonMobil, ConocoPhillips. Total, which is the French company E&I out of Italy, uh, Shell out of the UK, and this is not a project that came into being because of the Ukraine situation it has been under development for a while, but it really began to accelerate as the demand for natural gas went up you're seeing this kind of development all over the place. There are fields now being explored in the US. They're looking at new ones in Canada. You're seeing a lot more activity in some of the traditional gas suppliers in North Africa and the Middle East. All of it being kind of going contrary to where the investors had been the last several years. I mean, there was this notion that everything was gonna be moving towards alternatives and fossil fuels are out of fashion and we weren't gonna see as much activity. That suddenly changed. People are realizing that, no, we're gonna be dependent on fossil fuels for a while. Not a big surprise. I mean, the the analysts have been saying that this is gonna continue to be the case. 75% of our fuel is gonna be fossil fuel all the way up to 2050. But there was kind of this I guess, hiatus when it comes to investing, and now that seems to be reversing. Another consideration that's beginning to occur to people, when you look at the alternatives, China currently accounts for almost 80% of all the solar panels made in the world. And within the next five to six years, that could be as much as 95%. So, it has occurred to people that if we are concentrating on some of this alternative stuff we're giving an awful lot of leverage to China unless we decide to start producing more of our own. We used to produce a lot of solar panels in the United States, there are a lot of companies that did that, but they couldn't compete with the prices coming out of China and little by little they went under. So now, we're heavily dependent on China for that new technology, which kind of goes to this whole conversation about industrial policy. We realized that we had made ourselves very vulnerable when it came to the production of computer chips. We'd allowed a thriving industry in the United States to decline to the point that we were dependent on other parts of the world for 70-80% of our chips. And we know how that's turned out. Uh, it affected the auto sector. It's affected almost every other sector because the chip shortage has been playing hob with uh, production for literally two or three years. And now we're reversing course. Intel is building a new operation in Ohio, but they're getting support from the government. And that's something that's going to have to happen more frequently with things like chip production and solar panel production. If we really intend to be moving in certain directions, we have to find a way to support some of that development. It's what other countries have done for years. Japan has been famous for their support of industry. China obviously does a lot of it. So we're beginning to see a serious conversation about whether we should think through who we depend on for what. Um, We are The world's largest oil producer, which is very helpful right now, we're going to be hitting about 13 million barrels a day production by next year, but we consume 20 million barrels a day. So we still have a 7 million barrel a day deficit, which we have to make up for by buying it from other places, mostly Canada, Mexico, some from the Middle East and North Africa. But we need to think that through too. You know, are we comfortable in a situation where we don't have complete control over our energy needs. And that requires some trade-offs. I mean, we've talked a lot about whether we should develop oil in other places. Um, The Biden administration has kind of been splitting the difference where trying to control some development in some parts of the oil sector and then letting other parts develop, um, that's kind of a a confusing situation for the developers of energy so just thought that i would pass on some of these observations we're going to watch all of this stuff like a hawk for the next several years because if we ever had doubt as to what vulnerabilities we had when it came to energy those were dispelled in the last several months and is something that isn't going to radically change. I mean, we're not going to suddenly develop a good relationship with Russia. We're not suddenly going to develop a better relationship with China. So, there you go. That's your weekend thing to worry about, and we'll communicate next week. Thanks.